This episode of The Zealous Podcast is sponsored by Perform Better. Perform Better is the leader in functional training by supplying innovative products and top-notch education to trainers, coaches, and therapists. Check out the brand new Perform Better app designed for professionals who want to stay on top of their game. This free app features education from the world's best. You'll learn from industry leaders including Mike Boyle, Gray Cook, Sue Falzoni, Charlie Weincroft, and many more. Topics range from strength and conditioning, program design, nutrition, business, and marketing. Just go to performbetter.com. Welcome to the Zealous Podcast. I'm Rocky Snyder, and this week... Well, we're going to continue that kind of soft series I've been doing about females in football because there are plenty in the NFL, and I've got one as a guest today. Christy, uh, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to really just say it, but welcome to the show, and, and go Titans, <laughs> Tennessee Titans. What a great experience. Tell me all about uh, your, your NFL experience and how you got to be there. Uh, well, thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, but I guess I'll start way back when, like when I got into, uh, I guess, strength and conditioning. So my, I grew up in North Carolina, right outside the Outer Banks. And, um, you know, it's like a one stoplight town. And I went to go try out for the basketball team my freshman year. And I didn't make the team. But, you know, I thought I was the hottest thing smoking, on, you know, playing ball. You know, I'm like, I'm the best thing in the county. So I'm marching to the, uh, the coach's office after I didn't see my name on the list. And I was like, you know, what's the deal? And he's like, yeah, you didn't make the cut. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to go next year, make the team, and then I'm going to get a Division One scholarship to go play basketball. You know, he's like, yeah, okay, another disgruntled kid. I'm like, all right. I said, just watch. So that summer, like I started reading muscular development, like all these like muscle mags and started like just playing a bunch of basketball started lifting with like the PE classes at the high school, started running like light pole sprints, playing a bunch of ball, started drinking like slim fast and eating special K because that's really like all I knew. I had no idea about anything. <laughs> so I'm like sucking down slim fast shakes and all this kind of thing. Actually the first, um, my first workout, I had a breakfast like slim fast shake. I go in and just start leg pressing and oh. then the next thing I know, I'm out of the back door, just like losing all, all of it. <laughs> and then from there, I was like, I'm in love. Like, I love lifting. I'm, like, in, love. I'm in love. So I, um, so I ended up making the basketball team the next year and then getting a Division One scholarship to go play basketball. Like I said, I was going to go do. So right on. Where, where did you go? I went to uh, Winthrop University. It's a little mid-major school down in um, South Carolina. Wow. And um, went down there and there was my strength and conditioning coach. And I, you know, I look at him, I'm like, Hey man, like you get to hang out in the waiting room. You're in sweatpants all day. They give you free gear. Like I need to do this. Like I love lifting. Like I want to do your job. He's like, all right. I said, well, just tell me what I need to do. And so he told me, he's like, get your, I was an athletic training major initially but then I had to switch because basketball and the time commitments didn't really add up I couldn't do both so I was like I switched to exercise science and so when I switched to exercise science I started reading um just articles online about working out and performance training and lifting and all that kind of thing and I came over this article by this guy named Jim Steele who was the head strength and conditioning coach at University of Pennsylvania 
And I, to this day, I cannot remember at all what that article said. It was an elite FTS, but I fell in love. And I was like, I'm going to go work for that guy. And, you know, I'm a sophomore in college. You know, I'm, I'm, I was like, I'm going to work for this guy. So I email him and I'm like, hey, you got any jobs? And he's like, who is this? And like, what do you mean? And I was like, yeah, I want to be a strength coach. And like, this is what I want to do. And he's like, I got internships. What's your experience? I said, none. And he was like, okay. So, I, and he's like, I got, a, you know, summer internships. And he's like, all right, well, you can come down for the summer. Call my mom and dad or, you know, from school. I'm like, I'm moving to Philly. They're like, <laughs> what? I said, they're like, you're like in season. And I'm like, yeah, but I got, a, I got an internship with Jim Steele. This is the guy I'm going to work for. And they're like, yeah, no, you can wait. And so I ended up getting my first internship at NC State, um, working with basketball and swimming and diving. And then, so I finished my undergrad and the guy at NC State was like, go get your master's degree. And I was like, okay. So I went into UNC Charlotte and got my master's degree. And while I was at UNC Charlotte, my degree is actually in clinical exercise physiology, which is like cardiac rehab and pulmonary rehab, like staring at EKGs all day while you look at the senior population walk on, you know, treadmills after their heart attacks. So I was extremely bored. So after doing that for like two days, I said, all right, well, I guess, I guess I'm going to go and um, volunteer at UNC Charlotte, their strength and conditioning department and Davidson College. So I worked with their at Davidson College's football team. UNC Charlotte did not have a football team at the time. So I worked with their baseball and basketball teams. Okay. Then I graduated. And so I started applying for jobs and that took like eight months to land a job. And so I'm like applying for everything, applying for everything. One day I get a phone call and he's like, Hey, this is Kevin DeWeese from Moorhead state. And I said, okay. And he's like, yeah, I want to interview. I was like, I applied for every job I saw. I have no idea what you're talking about, but let's allow me <laughs> to jump on Google. He, you know, he kind of chuckles. And then like, I get on the phone with him. We, we did this whole thing. And so I did the phone interview and then he's like, I need you to move out here. So I did a blind move to Kentucky from Charlotte. Now, what's that know. like? Is that a step down, oh. up, sideways? What's that? It was, well, first of all, the job was a grad assistant job. I just graduated with my master's and I said to him, I said, I'm not going to go back to school. I just got done with my master's. So he turned that job into a part time position. When and I made a whopping 10 grand for the year. So I was, but I was pumped. I was like, yes, I'm a strength coach. I'm in the, co the college sector, division one. This is what I wanted to do. Oh. And um, so I made a blind move out there. And now when I rolled into town with my like 17 foot U-Haul, it was like, it was in the middle of January in Kentucky. It was gray out. There was a barren mountain in the background. There was like the school. And then there was a Walmart a bunch of like trailer parks, but in between those, there were like a bunch of meth labs, like <laughs> the, the area. And I was just like completely in shock. And so I like just went home to, the, to my new house and like just sat on the floor, called my parents and cried. I was like, I can't do this, I can't do this. So they, they, you know, they call me down. They're like, you know, you went there for a job, like enjoy it and all this kind of thing. So I go there and I'm working with football, I'm working with softball, soccer, volleyball, and the basketball teams. And it was my first coaching experience. So I go there for a year. And then I apply for a job at University of Pennsylvania with Jim Steele, the guy that I said that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. So the girl that was there, 
she was a part-time position there. They moved her up and moved me into the part-time position. So I moved to Philly. Wow. And I made a, I made a whopping $13,000. I was like, oh, God, I made $3,000 more. I was like, yes, I made it. I made it. And they're just like, what is going on? I'm like, I got to do this. I, I have to do this. So I moved to Philly and I'm there for a year. And, you know, it's Ivy League. There's 33 different sports. So I'm working with, you know, gymnastics, fencing, crew, uh, the soccers. Like I'm assisting with football, like it's you just work with like you know somewhere between six and ten teams and because there were you know the ivy league you have like three or four full-time strength coaches for 33 teams you're just kind of under-resourced so from there i was there for like a year and then i get a phone call from james madison and they offered me a full-time position and i was like yes so then i go to james i I get the phone call from James Madison and Steele's like, don't leave. I'm going to get you a full-time benefited position here. And I was like, I need that in writing, man. Like I can't, I can't turn this down, you know? And he's like, I can't get it to you in writing, but I promise you it's going to, it's going to go down. I said, all right. I went to James Madison anyway. Ah! I go to, I go to James Madison. I'm working with track and field and the basketballs and softball and, and baseball, I believe. I, I forget. It's been, a, it's been a while. So I get there three weeks into me being there steals like the job's going to be posted. Come back. You're, you're going to get the job. I was like, I just got here. So I was like, Oh, so then I moved back to Philly. Cause I took the job and I'm like, yes. And I was there for like nine years. So I was there for nine years. You know, I worked with, um, football. My primary sports ended up being football, uh, baseball, softball, the soccers and swimming. Okay. um for those nine years and just you know dealing with a bunch of like other various administrative duties and all that kind of thing and then in 2019 we had a um new ad come in new head strength and conditioning coach come in because Steele resigned and the new head head coach came in and cleaned house so then we're sitting there I'm like okay well we leave and then I, i'm like well i still have to coach like i still want to coach like you know i can't just sit here so there was a school, Bryn Mawr College, it's an all-women's school up the street, um, and I start um, part-time there for about two months, and I was working with basketball uh, and all their other teams, because they just kind of came in during a certain amount, of, a certain time from like three to seven, so we just kind of like worked with everybody. So I was there, and then I get a phone call from um, one of my good buddies, Roger Marandino, who was a head strength and conditioning coach with the Colts for a while, seven years, I don't know, in like 2015-ish and before that. He was there and he was at Brown for like 20 years. He calls me, he's like, you want an XFL gig? And I was like, yeah, like, like yeah, let's go. It's full-time position. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I start the XFL, go there. And then COVID hits halfway through the season. We're at game five and they're like, we got to shut it down, COVID. And I'm like, no. So then after that, I went to, um, I'm sitting at home again. And my friend who I worked, my good friend, Tracy, who I worked with at UPenn for those nine years, she had did a training camp internship with, uh, or fellowship with the Atlanta Falcons and met this, uh, a former GM, Scott Pioli in the NFL. And she started, uh, she was talking to him and he was like, you know, anybody that wants to be in football? She's like, oh yeah, my friend, you know, Christy would be. So he calls me. And then he's like, would you want to do uh, 
a training camp internship or a training camp position with the with the team and I was like yeah he didn't tell me what team or anything I was like yeah why not so then he calls me you know a week later and then Mike Vrabel calls and he's like you know come down and interview so they flew me out uh interviewed with the Tennessee Titans and then I went out there, was out there for the eight weeks of training camp. And then at the, the end of training camp, they're like, stay on for the season. And so stayed on for the season and, and just kind of partied with uh, the Titans for a while for the, for the season last year. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the two names you mentioned, Scott Pioli and Mike Vrabel, of course, are, well, being a New Englander, I know there's some connection oh, yeah. there, right? Yeah. So, yeah, and I, I honestly, I remember when Mike scored some touchdowns, he was uh, received a couple of passes from Tom and one being the Super Bowl and the other's playoffs. But I, I love following the Titans because of that New England connection. Yeah. And so how, how is that? How was your season with the Titans? You guys had a, a really good season. It was pretty it decent. It was exciting. It was a good season. It was really, really good. Um, it, was, it was good, you know, 11, 12 years in the collegiate sector, coming over to the professional sector, you know, you running different, like um, the logistic aspect of it and all that kind of thing was just a little bit different, but it was fun. It was fun. You just, you know, I learned a lot about football. <laughs> I can promise you that. Um, it was a good time. Yeah. And how many other strength coaches did you work with? So there was Frank, the head guy, and then there were the two other assistants, Brian and Mondre, and then there was me, the seasonal. Very good. Yeah. And and uh, how how did that compare to college? Like when you go up to the pros, obviously you're only focusing on one sport rather than uh, half a dozen sports, but you're also dealing with athletes that are bringing in their their own specialists and so on. What what was that? What was the difference between college and pros that really sticks out in your mind? I mean, I think you know from the the collegiate sector, you you're developing young men and young women, young women across four years. And um, you don't necessarily get that piece in the collegiate sector. Like you deal with a little bit of like some development with like the practice squad guys who are like first year and don't really know the, you know, the, the operational aspects of the, of the NFL. And you're kind of just trying to push them along, but it's, it's just not the same as the, uh, the collegiate sector. Now, uh, you know, and, you're working with grown men at that point, they know their bodies and it's just being a matter of like partnering up with those guys and making sure that we can, um, you know, develop a program that works best for them. Uh, so yeah, it's just more, you create more of a, an alliance with the athletes at that level. And, you know, you work within the framework of what's, you know, posted as far as the mainstream workout. And then you just work within, with the, with the athlete to make sure that they feel good and we feel, and we, we're giving them what they need. And is this your, is this your ultimate goal? I mean, what is, it seems like everything you said you do, you do, you, you just hone in on something and you just laser focus, lock in and somewhere down the road, that's going to occur. So is, is this the pinnacle or what are you thinking? Where are you going? You know, I, you know, the thing is, I love coaching. It's, I love coaching. So the NFL thing, I, to be honest, like I never actually, like it was never like a, like that this is exactly what I'm going to do. It's like, I want to coach. I want to coach athletes and that's it. And so, and I want to coach them at a high level. So, I mean, so it's just, you know, the NFL is at a high level. And then I'm like, yeah, you know, even if that's at a division one school, like, yes. Like, let's go. I just love coaching. If I'm in a weight room with, with athletes and we're working, 
I'm, I'm very comfortable. I mean, th that's exactly what I, what I want to do. I love being in the weight room. So coaching is it. It is cool. I mean, I, I jokingly tell people when I, when I mentioned that what I do for a living, I just say, well, I, I rarely get out of my pajamas. You know, they look like sweatpants or whatever, but I live, live in my pajamas and uh, I get to, I get to tell people what to do and, and they are very happy to do it. And in yep. the long run, they just bring more people in and yeah, it's a very positive experience. What is, what is it about coaching? Do you think in your, in your own world, what drives that passion and, and what is it about coaching that, that you really love? You get to see people, you get to, you know, help in some fashion, like to aid them along the way to get to where they want to be. And that's, that's so much fun. And like, whenever you're working, like everybody's working towards a common goal, whatever that piece is that you're able to serve, like that's, that shit is fun. There's nothing better than like seeing somebody else like achieve their goals and you playing like a small part in it. That's, it's fun. And as corny as it sounds, it's, it's special. Yeah. Now, did you have, I'm curious if you had really bad coaches growing up and you, you thought I can do a much better job or did you have exemplary coaches and you wanted to strive toward that example or was it just in the middle? I think it was probably more in the middle. I don't think I ever had like, like bad coaches. Like you hear people and they're like, I've got horror stories. They were telling me do a, a rounded back RDL with like 405 on a bar. And I'm like, yeah, I never had any of that. You know what I'm saying? Like I had like, I had good coaches, sound coaches. And I, I personally just love the weight room. Why not take what you love and make a job out of it? Wow. That, that is wonderful. And now with COVID, it's an opportunity to learn more. Obviously you had the season, but you, you must still, are you certified strength conditioning specialist? Yeah. Yeah. So with, with being a CSCS, you have to accumulate CEUs. Where do you get your CEUs? Uh, typically, um, I'll just go to your national, um, your national conferences, just because you get big bang for your buck stuff. Um, with yeah. COVID, you know, just kind of mostly sticking around on the internet and like finding online summits or something for me to jump into and just kind of get CEUs that way. I mean, but like I said, like this stuff, like it's not only like my career, like I love every bit of training. So it's like I'm reading things from, you know, human behavior to, you know, nutrition to like bodybuilding, all aspects of training so that it makes me a better coach. So when, you know, like you said, like when you're working with these older athletes, if you're, you know, the at a certain level, you're like, oh, you know, I, I did this type of method with my coach. And I don't know what, you know, that is. I mean, I think you just need to have a good idea of like what's going on, what the current trends are and all that. So you don't necessarily get left behind and so that you can have those conversations with your athletes. So they're like, oh, she knows, she knows. And it builds some credibility with, uh, with your athletes that way. Um, but, you know, I made my second bedroom a library. Like I can't get enough of this stuff. So I eat, sleep and breathe like training and eating and all that kind of thing. So it's just like, yeah, it never stops for me. It never stops. It's not just a job. It's like, I actually enjoy every bit of it. Jay, I, don't you feel so fortunate to have something you're so passionate about where you can actually turn it into a career? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Just amazing. Now, when it came to this past season with the Tennessee Titans, mm -hmm. uh, Coach Bartlett, what did you learn 
what did you, what was the biggest thing that you walked away with? Some of like some of the things that you just gobbled up. Well, I can promise you this. One big piece is the football. Like, I mean, Vrabel's in there. I mean, he's coach in our team meetings. I mean, he's coaching. I mean, I learned so much from sitting in those sessions from our team meetings. And like, I had no idea like how just the rules and all this kind of thing with, with the football stuff. Cause I, I, I didn't necessarily know that much about football. I mean, I know football, but not like to that extent. And so you're sitting in there and you're just taking notes and you're like, you look back on it, you're like, wow. Um, and I think the, another big piece of just kind of reiterated the fact that like relationships are so important when you're training, you know, the train, training the people that you're training. It's just huge. It goes such a long way because, you know, the trust and all that kind of thing gets built and you're able to work with that athlete instead of trying to tell him this is exactly what you're doing. This is how, you know, you're not, you know, pounding a, a square peg in a round hole. You're working together with somebody um, and, and it's an integrated approach. So the relationship right. is a big piece. We, we got to talk about the elephant in the room, I guess. Uh, and, and that is coming in as a woman into a very male dominated sport where there are only a handful of other female coaches in the NFL, some of which we've had on the show in the previous weeks, but what, what was your experience like? And did you feel like instantly you were welcome into it? Was there apprehension? Was it just, didn't even notice it? I'm just another coach. Didn't notice it. Just I've been working with football and at you know at the collegiate level for you know damn near 15 years. Didn't notice it. The athletes don't notice it. Nobody really notices it. Nobody gets it. I've you know my experience as a coach as a female coach has not been anything other than great. Like I've been around great coaches who who are like I love being around women coaches. Women coaches are in you know at at UPenn it was like I was in charge of the speed and agility or the the running. Um, and speed and agility program and steals like, I want you to take it, you know, and as, as you know, seven years ago, when you take, take over that kind of stuff, you're like, Oh, you want me to be in front of football? And he's like, yeah, go do it. You're a good coach. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And then you jump in and you're, and you're ready to go. So what it, it's no, it was, no, it's not a big deal. What, That's you know, it's great. not a big deal. You do it. I, I feel conflicted even having to ask that question, like, because it, really a coach is a coach in my opinion and we don't look at gender we look at a uh, teacher because that's yeah. what the coach is who's going to be my guide who's going to be my teacher and right. it, it's not a miss mr mrs whatever it's just coach and it's always yeah. been coach yeah that's very cool okay what was uh what was one of the things that you wish you could have changed about your your last season is there anything there that you're going, mm, I wish we could have done this differently or I wish I could have done this. I missed out on that. Uh, that's a good question. No, I mean, I think every, I mean, from my standpoint, everything was pretty seamless. You know, I had, I got good experience and it, it wasn't like, you know, you're not allowed to do this. It's like, you're, you're on staff, coach, do your job. Great. Let, right you know, so it was, it was good. I, it was good. It was a good experience. Uh, when it came to game day and you're, you're in the stadium, what, what was the seating capacity for, for uh, fan attendance? Were, 
was there fans in the stadium for Tennessee? Um, at the towards the end of the season, there were. Um, I think initially, my memory's terrible, but initially it was um, no fans. But then they started to gradually increase that. Yeah, like your your experience down in the field with the players, and suddenly now you've got fans out there. Was that ex- ex- uh, extremely different from the beginning of the season? A lot more noisy, but even still, like the capacity wasn't like. At, at full capacity, but it makes the game a hell of a lot more exciting. You get to feed off the, you know, everything going on and that's always great. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So coming up to next season, uh, where's, where's your path taking you? Are you heading back to Tennessee or is there somewhere else you're going? It's up in the air. Um, uh-huh. Oh, you got some things churning. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where we're in. I'll be coaching though. And do you have a, a, a desired sport that you would like to coach or is it just whatever comes your way? I, I love, uh, I love, I love coaching in general, but like I, I have tended to flock towards those sports where strength shames the weak. Like, so it's like football, let's go. Like nobody wants a weak football player. Nobody wants a, a weak baseball player, that kind of thing. And when you get into those other sports, you know, if you work with soccer, you know, the coaches tend to say things like fitness a lot and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you work with basketball, um, you don't get too much of that, like that, sh- that pure like strength, except for maybe briefly in the off season. And then you kind of work towards that peak power stuff. And um, so like, I usually flock towards like that football where it's just like, it's violent and it's like, let's, you know, be strong. And yeah, yeah. That is usually football, baseball that I love to work with. Hey, do you feel like you're competing against the other strength coaches from the other teams? When we like, like when you're talking about building your athletes and, and building strength and power and speed and all that, do you, do you look at it that way at all? No, 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 no. But okay. if you see something like, man, you just got rocked or something like that, but yeah, but no, um, no, no, I don't ever think like that. No. Uh, now, have you ever put on pads yourself and gone out in the field? No, 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 no. I've, I've only played, I played basketball through college. So I was a basketball player. All right. And how was your college career, by the way? We didn't even talk about that. It was good. I like uh, started you- out, I ended up transferring. I, I played post, um, okay. ended up, I was a rebounder. And I like loved rebounding. Like it was like, you know, give me that. Like it, any ball that came off the board, I thought it was mine. So love rebounding and all that kind of stuff. How tall do you stand? How tall are you? I'm like five eight. But listen, I'm like what? I'm sorry. I'm like five seven. I, I was able to jump, and my timing was like unreal. And I could like read where the ball was going. I was really good at that kind of thing. And then I was strong. I was. I have been strong since I started lifting. So I was like, you know, I'm five, seven, I'm lower to the ground. And usually if you have like a six foot girl or something like that, you're they're usually taller, lankier kind of things. You just kind of like just push them off and like body them a little bit. So I had a good time. It was like a young Charles Barkley or something like that. I hear you. I, I love basketball too. I grew up playing, even though I'm more like a hobbit, you know, I, I barely, yeah. I barely get over five feet, but when I'm boxing out under the boards, if I get my yeah. hips right against somebody's knee, I can buckle them in a heartbeat. 
Oh yeah. You're one of those annoying ones. Yeah. Yes, I am. Oh, that's fantastic. So what are, uh, I was going to say with, with strength conditioning, what are the things that you are seeing in uh, coming out in, in not necessarily popularity, but you, you got yourself a second bedroom that's a library. You're reading all the time. What are the things that you're kind of latching onto? Are there any books right now that you've, you've picked up and you're like, ah, yeah, I got to get, I, I, I got to explore that a little bit more. Um, like, uh, not necessarily. I do a lot of like rereading a lot of the things that I'll do. Like I'll revisit like older stuff, Fred Hatfield, Bill Starr, like things of that nature. Um, Joe Parker, um, Franz Bosch, I started diving into just a little bit. I, I mean, I think the one thing that like with the way the industry is going now, you know, you're going towards like data collection and all that kind of thing. I just, I, I hope that the, the pendulum doesn't swing so far that coaches are just now behind a clipboard mm -hmm. and not necessarily wanting to load an athlete or not actually want to train the athlete. Don't let the pendulum swing so far where we're not actually training anymore. And you're just, oh, well, you don't feel good. So we're just going to recover you today or something like that. You know, and then collecting so many metrics that you're like, are we actually going to address those metrics or are you just collecting data just to collect data? Um, I think long, you know, the days are kind of like sifting away where strength coaches, some of the strength coaches are not so much strength coaches anymore. Um, more like sometimes analytical. analytical. Yeah. And it has its place, but you know, the coach is, you got FaceTime with the athlete and they need to train. They have to train. If they want to stay healthy and available, you got to train. It's not always going to be, Let's foam roll today. Let's do some, you know, mobility sessions and all this kind of stuff and then get out. Like you got to get in there. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. Definitely getting too much into the analytical takes away from the, the player's mindset and, and their yeah. emotional state, right? And, and their drive. It's, it's great to have as maybe a guideline, but uh, you, you're feel free to drive over the dotted line every now and then. So what about the Olympics? I mean, there's, there's an area right there. I mean, ever thought of doing Olympic coaching? Never thought about it. All right. So I just planted a seed. Yeah, never thought about it. Nah. Ah, okay. And then uh, still kind of going down the road in the future, we're not quite out of COVID. So uh, where, where are the irons in your fire? Where are you, where are you starting to poke around and what are you looking to do? Just, I mean, continuing to coach. Um, so, you know, the NFL is obviously uh, uh, an option. And then, you know, if I get back to the collegiate sector and just coaching there, um, you know, as a, you know, as a direct, you know, in a higher level position, that kind of thing. And, you know, managing a department and stuff like that. Yeah. And are you pursuing a PhD somewhere in the future too, or is the master's? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> You know, I think about, I think about going to school and um, like, I would go back, I wouldn't get anything in exercise science or anything. I would go back and get a psychology degree because I love it. And I love everything like regarding like human behavior, why we do the things that we do and stuff like that. And, um, but I think about being in class and somebody telling me that like, you got a paper due on Friday. And I'm like, you want me to do what? 
house. You know, I just be like, ah. So that's hard for me to wrap my head around. I'm not quite there yet, but like I play around with it. Like once every like couple weeks, I'll reach out to a school and like talk talk to somebody in, in the department and see what they're about. So who knows? <laughs> who knows? I just can't imagine being in class. Oh, what was the worst class you ever had? Oh, I, I mean, anything regarding math. Like, <laughs> I, I do not want any part of that. All the sciences, you know, English and lit, like I was good with, but math, that was, that was, it was tough for me. <laughs> I, look, if I can't count it, like 45s, that's 135, 225, 315, <laughs> 135, 185, you know, that's, you know, that's the extent of where my math goes now. <laughs> You're not giving us gym rats a very good description here. But I, <laughs> no, it's just the math, though. It's just the math. I don't want anything to do with it. Okay, well, if you if we've got some uh, young, aspiring strength coaches out there or those that are, are looking to be, what kind of advice would you give them? Male or female, doesn't matter. I mean, just what, what kind of advice would you give? Um, train yourself. Um, read everything you get in your, read everything you can get your hands on. Um, and, and then once you read everything, start to, you know, figure out what's a bunch of bullshit and what's not. Um, and then stop reading the bullshit. And then, uh, we'll say, you know, coach, like look the coach, get in there, volunteer, you know, internships and all that kind of stuff. Like, don't, you know, get a lot of reps in coaching as many times as you can, whether it's like, if you can't get into a collegiate sector, get into the perform, you know, the private sector, start there. But I think that once you, you know, you need to start, you need to coach for one, whether it be small group, personal training, or, you know, just one-on-ones and things like that coach, and then try to work your way into the collegiate sector and don't pigeonhole yourself to where, you start to turn away opportunities. If you say, I want to work in NFL, and then you've got like a division two football program coming to you saying, we want you to come and intern with us and you turn it down, that ain't too smart. Within the the NFL strength and conditioning community, what was that like? Were you able to, to collaborate with other teams or did you just stick primarily with Tennessee Titans? I mean, I, I stuck primarily with like the assistants and, the, and Frank, the head guy, um, and talked a lot with them and then reached out to a few other ones that I've, that I've known in the past and just kind of like, I guess, compared like the, the type of, uh, the type of programming that they may have done in the past and things like that to see how much, um, how many differences and stuff like the similarities there are. Gotcha. Now I, I, I got to bring back in the, the kind of the females in football NFL and so on, because we've got uh, this coach on the Washington football team, couple down in Tampa Bay. We've got Emily in uh, Denver and um, we've got another coach up in the Niners. Are you in communication with the other female coaches that have been doing the same thing you have to try and, I don't know, try and promote women in sports and coaching? Is, is that something that's occurring right now? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've spoken to a couple of them. Um, also, like there's uh, a group of like, I guess, uh, 
I don't want to say committee, but a group of us that like a large group of like women in football in general. So it's just across the board in, in the collegiate sector and the NFL. And we're all we kind of meet, meet up every, you know, periodically, things like that. Yeah. Oh, what do you, I hadn't heard about that. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, it just kind of started. So it was just, uh, you know, Scott Pioli put together, you know, he talks to a lot of the women, he promotes, you know, women in football and things like that. So he has a bunch of contacts, you know, from the co the collegiate sector as well as you know the NFL, and so he was like, "Yeah, I should put all you guys in contact with one another." And so he kind of threw it all together, and now you know we we have like a little group going. Oh, that's fabulous! I know oh, yeah. there's the the Bill Walsh. Uh, I don't think it's called the endowment program. It's the Bill oh, Walsh. Fellowship. Thank you, fellowship. That yeah. did you? I don't imagine you went through that though, did no, you? No, I didn't. No, no. I didn't. No. Uh. -uh. Very cool. I, I just love it. I, I love to the, the fact that the NFL is opening doors in so many other ways. And, and this is just another example of it. And um, this has just been phenomenal. I guess I want to ask about your own personal workouts before we kind of bring this to a close. Like, a, granted, you're training NFL players, but how do you train? What do you do? Um, trying to be strong and, and just rowdy. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, you know, I kind of go through phases. Um, so I went through a powerlifting phase where I was competing in powerlifting and had pretty good success in that. Then I got out of that, got into jujitsu, then COVID hit. And then, so now I'm just kind of more involved in like the, the bodybuilding type of training, things like that. Love that stuff. Gotcha. What were your PRs for bench squat and deadlift? Uh, I think, well, in competition, it was a uh, 507 deadlift, 379 squat, and 253 uh, bench in the gym, 270 bench, 38, three, I guess 370, um, 379 squat, and then a 515 deadlift. So you can walk me to my car when it's dark at night. I really. <laughs> Oh, very good. Okay. Now I'm going to ask, not that this is like Oprah's book club or anything, but uh, what, is, what are the two top books that you would recommend to a strength coach right now? Ooh, top two books. Wow. That's a good question. Um, that's a good question. All right. We can come back to that. How about this? The two top movies uh, with coaching. What are your all-time favorite um, movies? Uh, there's only one. It's Remember the Titans. I, I love, say that. I Never love that movie. So I, it's so good. I mean, I love that movie. Uh, I, I, you're not alone in that one. That's for sure. Yeah, I think uh, most coaches would probably have that on their, their top list for sure oh yes that's such a good movie man i oh, love that gosh. thing that is super all right well you're gonna have to come back and and tell me what those top books are but uh i don't want to i don't want to take any more of your time you know you've just given me a a great interview i really appreciate the insight and and the desire and drive that you have to follow and pursue your dreams and so i have no doubt in my mind that that's just going to continue on and wherever your compass points we know we're going to find you at the end of that arrow so Christy Bartlett, coaching 
the Tennessee Titans and beyond. Um, I just wish you nothing but the best this coming season, wherever it takes you. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. It was a good time. Well, there you go. Congratulations. You did it again. You listened to another episode of the Zealous Podcast. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. It's just a nice thing to build a community out there and share with others. Thank you, Coach Bartlett, for coming on and sharing your experience with the Tennessee Titans. I hope your career in the NFL continues to shine and grow. And we look forward to the next time having you on the show. For now, take care and stay healthy.